So if you're listening right now, we had to start this pride over because uh, we was talking business and the business was good. We don't need y'all still in our Can't even can't even hand that one out. Hey, can't the, hand that the one fans, out. The fans be listening too, man. <laughs> um, first of all, happy Black History Month. This is a stand-in. We don't know what's going on. We're just doing the pie. Um, welcome to the Business Stir Fry Podcast. Yeah, this is the off-season. What do you say we're going to call it? Either off-the-record or off-topic? I don't know. We can let them choose. We can let them choose. Off-the-record, can... off-topic. Hey. This is going to be a little bit different than season one. This is not season two. This is this is the, the break. off-season. Off-season. So in the off-season, like we're a little bit more laid-back, a little bit more casual. Hey. But we here. And so, I am your boy, Gavin, a.k.a. It Doesn't Even Matter. You know where I'm at. Uh, make sure you follow me. It is I am underscore Gavin B. But I got the man who came up with this idea, the man who runs this, the man who lets me know what <laughs> what what's really good with everything. What's good, Mike? What's going on, fam? What, what are we supposed to say every podcast? Man? Hey, man, this is the Business Stir Fry <laughs> Podcast. We're uh-huh. here for all ballers, players, hustlers. Uh huh. There it is. Hey, there it is. Make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Instagram. It doesn't even matter because you might hear your group, your business, something like that. Shout out. Um, uh, shout out to because you know we're we're about to launch Fortypreneur. So okay. like, shout out to everybody who's listening that want to get your business out there. That's going to be a very interesting. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting ride. So welcome to the ride. Absolutely. So um, I'm in this group. It's the Black Owners. Black Business Owners Network, and um, it's on Facebook. They got about 60-some thousand members on it. But there was an interesting topic that I need Mike to react to. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And it is the topic of entrepreneurs versus business owners. Like, do you see a difference and what stands out to you about those different type of titles? Because not everybody's an entrepreneur, but not everybody's a business owner. Yeah, I mean, so if you're a business owner, right? Like if you open up like a UPS store, okay. you buy a McDonald's, you're not really an entrepreneur per se. Hmm. You're, you're a business owner. Uh, but entrepreneur has become the like the term of the century, man. Like from 2010 to now, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, Absolutely. right? Because like, everybody wants to have this <laughs> idea of... I control my own time. I'm my own boss. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't, to me, it's a, it's a petty argument, right? And, and one of the biggest okay. things that we talk about on the Business Stir Fire podcast is stay away from petty arguments, right? Like if we you do talk about if, if you're still engaging in petty arguments, you really haven't grown to be the type of person that you want to be, right? If, mm. if you're a business owner, all right, cool. If you're an entrepreneur, all right, cool. <laughs> like, I mean, there's really no, no difference until you really get into the minutia. But if you're not making money, right? And when I say making money, I'm not talking about like whatever dollar amount. Like if you if your business depends on you being there, you're you're in a very precarious you know state, right? Like because mm. if you're not there, you're not making money. Yeah. So until you can really get to the point where you can hire and employ people, and then you got to get to the point to where you can make yourself replaceable, right? Okay. Like I can walk out of my business. Yeah. And it's still running. I don't Absolutely. have to be there. I can die, right? Yeah. That's the goal, guys. <laughs> like I know we, I know we all hope we're gonna live forever. The goal is that if you die, the business still actually goes because that's what's gonna take care of your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, and your haters, right? Like Absolutely. it takes care of everybody. So I it's not an argument that I ever engage in. And I, I know like, you know, you got the hustlers out there like Gary Vee, you know, he does he done, he, done, he done stole the whole word hustle, and you know he and he tells people that they're not entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, they're not business owners. Look, man, 
if you buy something for you know a dollar, you sell it for two, you're in business, all right? Absolutely. At that point, you are a business owner, you are an entrepreneur, whatever you want to call yourself. But in this 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 day to day argument of who's better, nah, I don't even have that. Question: Do you feel like people like Gary Vee sell hope? Of course, like the we had a whole election <laughs> that 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 somebody sold hope on, man, and, and, and won. Like people love hope. Is hope is the opiate of the masses? Because he gets on there, he does his little quick videos. He tell you about getting contents. He he tell you about all this stuff, right? It's almost like um. What what is Gary Vee's business? What did, what does his business sell? Selling hope. I mean, like you know, like what is Vanderchuk? Industries like he, he, he's never even really clear about what he does. Like, we know he's in media. Yeah. We know he consults with you know major brands and uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. But you don't really know what he sells, right? You basically, don't really know what he does. Basically, bruh's like elevation, man. Yeah, exactly. He's ele- yeah, elevation for people who don't go to church. Man, we're gonna get attacked on that one. God, he's basically like, hey man, I ain't gonna tell you how. To Welcome get- to the off season. Hey. I ain't gonna tell you how to go to hell, but look here, man. Open up your wallets. This is how we gonna take your offer, man. Um, let me ask you this though, because somebody's listening right now. They were like, "Well, Mike ran away from the topic because Gavin didn't press him for it." I'm pressing you right now. Would you rather be an entrepreneur or a business? Owner? I'd rather be making money in a business <laughs> that I cannot be there and continuously make money. Now, for me, that is a business owner, uh-huh. but most most of us don't get there because. We don't take the time to learn all the tools that it takes to empower people beneath us. Mm. Like so, again, it has nothing to do for me. It has nothing to do with entrepreneur or business owner, right? Yeah. What, what we're building right now, you know, with fortypreneurs and you know, Coco Coffee, when we finally get to a point that we can open up a spot, I don't talk about it because I don't want to be like Umar Johnson always opening a school, right? <laughs> Bruh. So, Bruh. Right. so, this so I don't talk about topic, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This, this is the off season. <laughs> So we're gonna take shots in the off season. So you know, I don't really talk about it. So what I talk about is what we what we're working on that people will actually see. So when people actually see fortypreneurs, the whole goal of fortypreneurs is not for me to actually make content every morning at five o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. The, the the goal is for the content to be produced, and eventually I have to figure out how it's content. You know, content. Excuse me, content being uh-huh. produced. You know, I got to contact somebody and say, hey, where do we get this article from? Who wrote this? Who is this writer? Like that's where you want to get to in your business. You want to get to where your business can can embrace growth. Mm. So, entrepreneur or business owner? I always want to own. I always want to produce. Absolutely. Right? Uh, most entrepreneurs aren't making money right now. They're that's just true. they're just living in the space of, yeah. hey, I'm an entrepreneur. If you're a business owner, it's a good chance you are making owner making money. So I, I mean I lean towards business owner, but I mean again, if you can't hire somebody, like if you legit cannot Hire somebody, not ten ninety nine. Hire. I mean, yeah. if you can't actually hire somebody and put them on into a four hundred one k, you're not really in business yet. You're not yeah. in the business that you think you're in. You might be crushing it. Well, you know what it is. People, we live in a society where entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur sounds sexy. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. taking shots. Yeah, we're taking shots, man. All right, man. You got a lot of these chicks out here who's selling, like, stomach tea. Yeah. And they entrepreneurs, bro. Yeah, like, they're not. It's, they're, it's yeah. not working. Like, it's not. It's not. And I think you have this thing. We live in this society where I I show my wins only on social media. Yes. And when I'm, you know, what looks cool is that, hey, I'm on Instagram. I'm doing a live. And, hey, I'm an entrepreneur because I'm sitting here in this coffee shop. Them lights are crack, bro. Yeah. They like, crack. And it's beautiful. <laughs> but then it's like, hey, a business owner. I think that's just taking that entrepreneurship to a next level, to another level. At Good least, point. Yeah. Um, because then it's, like you said, do you have people, let me put it like this, 
I tell people all the time when they want to hire me to do something for them, I said, it's not my goal that I do this for you because you don't know. I'd rather work for you because you don't have the time. Yes. Like you have better. And oh more man, you nailed it, bro. You nailed on. it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like some people I say, Hey, I know you should know how to work Instagram. Dude. Like, but yeah. if you don't have the time to, and you need me here because you know, I'm good at this. I don't have the time to, I don't even want to focus on this because it's taking me away. You broke up a good point. Um, you was talking about billionaires one day, and you said how they don't have time to think about what they're wearing or what they got to eat. What today the, yeah, because it just takes away from it takes away from exactly <laughs> making billions, right? Yeah. Like I should not be wasting thirty minutes at, at eleven o'clock with four menus in front of me trying to figure out: Do I want Thai today? Do I want Japanese? Do I want Chinese? Yeah. What's really the differentiation between you know Asian cuisine? But I have a taste for noodles, right? Yeah. No, I need to be able to tell somebody, hey, I want noodles, right? You come up with it. You come up with it, right? Because there's a good chance that at 11.10, I got to take another conference call. Absolutely. It's a good chance that at 11.25, I got another conference call. <laughs> it's a good chance when you bring my noodles in here, they're going to get cold because I'm still working. Absolutely. So what do I look like wasting time? For this. For this. For this. And that's, and that's why, you, man, this is why if you listen to Business Stir Fry Podcast, we we are a hundred percent about get away from that petty, get away from that petty shit, yeah. get away from this idea <laughs> that I want to win an argument. Yeah. I don't want to win an argument. I want to write. I want to sign my name Absolutely. on a check and keep it moving. Keep it moving. And That's keep, all I want to do. Keep it moving. Yo, um, shout out to Spotify, man. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. Oh man, we, we yeah, we we everywhere. Hey. All you got to do now is just Google search for Business Stir Fry Podcast. And you're going to find us. You're going to find us. Um, but shout out to Spotify because word is they trying to buy The Ringer. And The Ringer? The Ringer is the podcast oh, that Bill Simmons created. Yeah. And they got like 30 sports podcasts. Yeah. And they really trying to buy from But Bill Simmons ain't playing. Like he wants some bread for it. You know what's crazy is but <laughs> Bill Simmons came up with just this, you know, the sports guy. Yep, and pretty much I, I, I don't want to be inaccurate, um, but let's say he left his job at ESPN. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a, that's a pretty weird thing. Yeah. He, he left his job, didn't quit, created his podcast, mm-hmm. found a following because he's already in the know, mm-hmm. and was able to generate this whole second line of business that he's going to make way more money off of what he's doing now. Than what he ever made working for somebody else. So what's funny about Bill Simmons is he created this crazy sector at ESPN, yeah. right? And he was, you know, he creates this segment. He, I to to me, he got a little bit too hood, and he kept pushing back too much for ESPN. Yeah, of and course. He's not like hood, but what I'm trying to say is he was kind of rebellious. He yeah. was like, I'm not, you know. He comes over Grantland. He does the 30 for 30s. Like, that's who's responsible for those things. People don't know that. And then when ESPN was like, nah, we, we need you to stay in this box, he left and was just like, cool, I'm out. And yeah. you're kind of looking at it like, no, no, no. What you mean you left? You left the mothership, right? You left. Like, yeah. you don't leave ESPN. Yeah. And then, you know, he leaves and then he goes on and he's doing stuff with HBO. But then that doesn't work out, right? Yep. Because HBO and sports ain't that machine that well, ESPN is. Let, but let's 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 dive into that a little bit because it's, it's a problem that we ran into when we first started our podcast, right? Okay, we were not ourselves. Mm, and that is true. And, 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 <laughs> and when you watch Bill Simmons on HBO, yeah, he's not the Bill Simmons that you get now. Nah, no, he's not. <laughs> he, he was not. And Bro. that's the thing. It's like sometimes who you are 
it doesn't work for everybody. That's true. But it works for enough of an audience to where you can get massively wealthy off of it. Well, they say last year his podcast made over fifteen million dollars. Yes, like. And I can assure you, ESPN was not paying him fifteen million dollars. No, Stephen A. Smith, the highest paid. What he get like nine? And he's not even. I was this off season. He's not that great. He's not that great. Well, I mean, if your whole business depends on what the Cowboys and LeBron is doing, then that's all. They will find a way. ESPN finds a way to throw them into topics, man. Yeah, and it's getting on my nerves. But anyway, um, something interesting happened, man. Let me. I need your feedback on this. So, the Grammys happened a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, Puff gave this big speech about blacks and, you know, uh, black ownership, black love, all this stuff. You know how Puff is. Yep, yep. Um, He had a guy up there by the name of Mace. Pastor Mace. Yep. And the next day, Mace had some interesting words for for Puffy. Um, I'm going to skim through this so y'all, we can get to the main topic for today. But... One of the things he said was, Diddy, I heard your Grammy speech about how you, for now, as an artist, care about artists. They must take back control. So, which is interesting. Yeah. So, we scroll down. He goes, for example, you still got my publishing from 24 years ago, in which you gave me 20K. So, he goes on and he talks about how Diddy got his publishing as a kid, pretty much. And he only got 20K, May signed the contract. And now that he's older, Diddy has pretty much told him, if you want it back, I got to sell it to you. But now I got to sell you for what it's worth. It sounds like Mace wants it back for like the 20K that he gave or the 2 million. But Diddy's like, I can get more of it, more from that. You know. Yeah, you know what? And so I, my question to you is, is it fair or when do friendship and all that stuff comes into play. I know it's business, so I know everybody's probably listening like, yeah, okay, it's business, bro. Friendship don't matter. But then it comes into this livelihood like Mace is Mace. You know what I'm saying? And he you you really, there was a really an era where it was Diddy, Biggie, and Mace. Yeah. And then Mace carried a, a big torch in Diddy's success even though Diddy is Diddy. Where, where, where do you stand in this whole thing? Uh, you know, I it, well, it depends on how much money Diddy's making off of Mace still, right? Like, that's the thing. Which so, got to be a lot. I'm yeah, imagining. Because Mace said he offered two mil and Diddy said nah. Yeah, so <laughs> you, so it, it's one of those things that, you know, Diddy, like, take Master P, right? Our, our favorite okay. entrepreneur. Like, uh-huh. P made sure everybody got paid. Um, P actually says in one of the interviews that he had um, not too long ago, but there was, because, you know, he came from one project and um, Cash Money Records came from another project. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and P was like, you know, we really didn't get along. And he, no. he left uh-huh. it very ambiguous, right? Yeah. And you Baby was like, no, me and P didn't get along, yeah. right? Like, Baby cleared it up. Baby was like, no, nah. <laughs> me and P didn't get along, all right? Well, the one complaint you never heard of Master P was he didn't take care of his people. Absolutely. The one complaint you hear of a lot of people from Cash Money I mean, Records all, is all, 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 all sounds fair. Yeah. All heard, the people heard not one artist actually. You know that that baby's ripping them off. Yeah. Right. So it, it's who are you as a man? Mm. You know, I'm not saying that 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 Diddy isn't greedy, but I'm saying sometimes that people accumulate a lot of wealth because it's greed. Diddy makes a lot of money. A ton. He makes a ton of money. If if Mace if Mace revenue is somewhere in the neighborhood of I'm just throwing a number out here I don't know but let's say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 750 to a million and a half a year mm-hmm. right 
That that's the only reason I can say it makes sense to turn down two million dollars. Yeah. And it could be less than that. It could be half of that, right? Like yeah. like it could be three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. If I'm pretty sure Diddy can get by on a half a million dollars less a year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can so, get But here's get by. my question though, like part of me feels like Mace, you signed a bad deal, you gotta live with that. Yeah. You signed a bad deal. The consequences you, of your actions. Cons- you 20 yeah. years old. You yes. said 24 once the deal got done. Yes. He started working with you at 19. At 24, you signed the deal. I don't think people understand how much money... Publishing is everything, right? Mm-hmm. Having your masters is everything. Having... Being able to... Jay-Z was clear. Bro. Well, he was taking that shot at Drake, right? Bro. To your own, Yeah. Can't be free. You can't... And so... You look at him, you say, bro, Mace really gave up his publishing for 20K. Now, I wasn't around. Yeah. You you was around when Mace was popping. And the reason why I say that is because I don't care, man. 20000 sounds like pennies to give up your livelihood. That Mace cannot right now get back his publishing unless Diddy sells it back to him. He can't get it back until But this is the thing, though. And this is what Diddy got to realize. And and, and 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 this might even be even deeper, right? Like, let's yeah. let's say Diddy doesn't own all of the publishing. Like, Which is probably true. Let's say Diddy might only own 70% of the publishing. Yeah. Right? If I give away my 70% and uh, the major don't give back their 30%, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of screwing myself. Absolutely, because you ain't going to get nothing. Well, you're not gonna, yeah, you're not going to get nothing. There's a good chance the major know more than, than you know. Yeah. So it, it it could be way more to way more layers to this. Yeah. Um, but can Diddy just say, if let's say if Diddy owns all the publishing, right? Okay. You know, can he just you know should he just give that to Mace? I mean, I, I would I would I would say being able to bless somebody is always better than being, than stealing from them. Mm. Right. Like if you can bless somebody. Yeah. Right. Like you know the good book says it's better to give than receive. Okay. All right. That is true. <laughs> so so if you're in a position to give, you got to understand that that giving is unlocking something else. Absolutely. But if your understanding isn't there yet, like it, there's guys who are extremely wealthy that was given, you know, like like Jay Z, yeah. they were like, "Yo, come run Def Jam for a couple years, we'll give you all of the masters." They didn't mean to do that. They did, <laughs> but my god, yeah, they probably regret it. But you know what I'm saying? So so, but they they ain't lost anything. Like they didn't go out of business because they gave Jay Z all of Rockefeller Records. Um, David Geffen probably is the most, probably the wealthiest person in music right now. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can't think of anybody richer than him, and you know he was pretty much given the rest of the label. Like yeah. he, he owned the majority of it, but and I forget who who he got it from. I don't know if it was Warner BMG. I don't know, but I do know in the early you know nineteen nineties or early two thousands they were just like, yeah, here you go. We yeah. don't we don't even want it. We don't. You can have it. You can have you it. Can come over here for three years. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny is this is so off topic, but that's what we do. That's, that's what we're doing off season, so, man. It was funny because if you ever listen, Jay Z talks about how. And I'm sorry for everybody who had to hear past episodes with my voice low. Mike got on my ass one day, so now I'm trying to be louder. Um, Jay-Z talked about how he brung the whole Beats by Dre idea to Def Jam, and they said no. Yeah. And he said, that's the reason why I quit. He said, if you want me to come here to run a label, which is what they signed you up to do. Yep. He said, but if you don't want to see past me just running a label, then it's no, you're wasting my time. I'd rather quit, go on. And if you notice, even since then... Def Jam has been in shambles. They just got rid of Paul Rosenberg, which was Eminem's old manager. Yeah, I mean, have they made any music? Nah, I mean, the only person... I think they pretty much just surviving off of Kanye and Justin Bieber. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And but self-efficient. But they, they probably make so much money, you know, 
off of their other labels, right? Like whoever the major is, they probably make so much. Universal is a major. Universal, major. right? Like they, so they getting so much in publishing to whereas they don't care. They don't care, <laughs> and that's why you have to own your own shit because when you're working for somebody else and you are a small piece of the pie, man, it's a good chance you're gonna get, you're gonna be forgotten. You know, yeah. out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes it isn't nefarious. Sometimes it's just ah shit. Yeah, rough. Got about you. What happened? <laughs> Sorry, we left you in the rain, <laughs> and that rain turned to snow. Hey, you know, yeah. but bro, you got to knock on the door, right? Because that, that's what they're gonna tell you. Like yeah. if they didn't hear from them, like, well, man, why didn't you say something? <laughs> All right, man, we got to go to a sad part of this podcast. You know what? We do, and these off topics were meant to be shorter. Don't look like they're gonna be shorter. Nah, but it's gonna be a good pod. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're here for, man. Um. Y'all, we got something to talk about, man. Because oh, man. shout out to Tupac, man. This this your guy, man. Tupac, Tupac is my dude, man. Greatest actor ever in rap. You think? Oh yeah, actor. Actor. Hold on. <laughs> Give me a second, man. Give me, let me see. Actor. Okay. I mean, because he because he convinced us that he was a West Coast thug, and the kid is from Philly, performing arts school. Okay. Now we're gonna go that route. Absolutely. Yes. Um. Yes. And if, I keep watching interviews. If he would have stuck around, I mean, if he would have stuck around, I think he would have went the whole Will Smith route. I think he would have been the the greatest Hollywood actor. Yeah, because this, this, I mean, he he got it. Like he 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 would figure out what his audience is. Yeah, and then he would he would nail it. Like he figured out what what it meant to be a West Coast rapper. This guy's from Philly, bro. He figured out what it meant to be. Dude, there's been guys making music on the West Coast 30, 40 years before he got out there. It was, and he came out there, and he was he like, was "Like I'm from here. This is what this is what West Coast rap looks like." It was it was crazy. Like when you think about it, like two East Coast dudes died on the West Coast yes. battling for different sides. Which yeah, is crazy. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah. Put and, the put the guns down, man. Pick up the fist, fellas. Please, Pick up something. The yeah. Um, this is our first podcast since the Grammys happened. Yeah, and we that was both a sad weekend. That was a. Terrible day. Just um, twenty twenty been trash, man. But I mean, when I talk about like who we lost, and so y'all already know where we going with this. Um, the Grammys was a tough day on a Sunday because we woke up. It was probably on the East Coast. Maybe I'm guessing around like what? One? Man, it, no, it was, it was probably like four o'clock because I was watching. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was watching the game. I and I can't remember if I was watching NBA or football at that time. But I, I know I was watching sports. NBA was about to start. Yeah, and you know, and I ended up getting a text or you know, sending an alert. I can't remember if it was an alert or a text. And I was just like, man, this ain't real. Yeah, this ain't and, real. And so I was like, I was like, TMZ, y'all, y'all went too far this time. Well, so <laughs> we talking about. Uh, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the other seven, seven people that was on, the, that, was on that helicopter and which was crazy for me because I'm at a photo shoot I'm taking pictures and this girl says oh do you watch basketball and I go yeah I love basketball she goes well never mind and I'm just like well what you mean and I don't know what I was thinking um, or what when she said never mind I'm thinking like some games was getting cancelled yeah. or whatever or Maybe somebody just broke their leg and, like, this is going to mess up the finals again, whatever. And come to find out, she goes, oh, they saying Kobe Bryant died. And I just remember, look, I looked at her and I said, I think I just had a face of, you playing or yeah. is this serious? And then I remember she goes, well, it's just TMZ, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, they usually get something wrong. Exactly. And I'm like, nah. I'm like, this ain't even, hold on. And I just remember sending out texts like, Yo, is this a joke? Somebody else playing? Like, whatever. And it was just tragic, man. Um, 
what was your reaction? And not even from the reaction of a sports thing. You you have a child. Yeah. You know, I don't have kids. So, yeah. I know. You know, I was hoping. The first thing I was like, man. I, I, I was like, if this is real, I hope he's by himself. Yeah. That was my that was my first reaction as, as a dad. It's like, geez, I, I hope it was just him. After yeah. I got over the initial, man, come on now. Yeah. Like, this isn't real. Absolutely. But, like, the moment you start realizing that it is real, you start seeing, you know, other NBA guys being like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, I was just like, man, I was ho- I was hoping it was just him. So, that when you realize it was more than just him, it was just like, it was a very, it's tragic, you yeah. know, in every sense of the word. And I wasn't a Kobe Bryant fan at all. That is true. Anybody <laughs> that knows me. I know him. He, is, he was not. I, I am not. I was like, you know, but we're talking about the ball player. We, we're not talking yeah. about... The husband, we're not talking about the businessman. Yeah. You know, we're, father, we're, yeah, yeah, the father. We're talking about the ball player. As a ball player, yeah. no one <laughs> destroys Kobe on court accomplishments more than I did at the time. Because normally we're comparing Kobe to the all time greats, right? Like we're not, I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing, you know, Steph Curry and Kobe. I'm not arguing Isaiah Thomas and Kobe. Absolutely. We're arguing Kobe versus Jordan, Kobe versus LeBron, Kobe yeah. versus Will, Kobe versus Kareem, Kobe versus Magic. Absolutely. So normally, yeah, I, I was able to like shoot holes because there's so many Kobe fans at you yeah. know at this age. Me being one of them. Yeah, and I and I <laughs> and I love taking those shots with, yeah. with facts <laughs> and destroying it. But when I when I read it, you know, I, I, I felt Kobe in my chest, like, yeah. oh my god, because I mean, for one, we're the same age. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was just like, bruh, like, it, it, I mean, I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta take a seat for a second. Yeah, because it was, it, 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 it's, it's beyond a reality check. Because you know, all your biases go out the window mm-hmm. when you are faced with mortality. Absolutely. And I was like, ah, oh, dang man, that's a good one we lost. Well, you know, for me, it was like. Everybody know Jordan, my favorite player. Kobe, my second favorite player. Katie is three. Yeah. But I really, really uh, love watching him playing basketball. And I just remember sitting there and I was like, this don't even make sense. Like, yeah. that's the last guy. Just the way he was, how he was carrying himself, the way he, he got down. It was just like, nah, that's the last guy. And then, you know, then I started watching reactions around the league. Like, it was nothing sadder, bro, than watching... Um, NBA players playing that day and crying. Yeah. Like, you watching grown men in their 30s, in their young 20s, you know. Because you got to think, it's it's not a million people playing, right? Like, when when we, most of us work at corporations, and there's 60,000 people at this corporation. 30,000 people. It's 250 NBA players. That's it. Currently, and 400 overall. Yeah. They all know each other. Exactly. This is a very small (laughs) fraternity. So, it's a very small club. These guys, no matter what you see on the court, they know each other and they're friends. And they, and they don't just know. It ain't just, dang, Kobe died. It's like, man, I, I know his wife. Yeah. Like, our kids play together. I was Absolutely. just at a birthday party. You know, he sent the gift. You know, yeah. and it was just like, they, you know, these guys are friends. You know, yeah. these guys show up in the same city at the same time. They getting up. They getting up. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're about to go hoop somewhere. Well, you th- look at it, that uh, Sharif Shaquille's, uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son showed that him and Kobe was texting that yeah, day. Yeah, it was early that, that day. And it was, like, mind-blowing. And it was sad watching Shaq talk um, about him. So, like, that was tough. And then nothing was tough. The reason why I asked you a follow-up question, because I called my dad, who 
who pretty much told me at a young age, like, yo, you can't watch basketball because of Kobe. Like, I don't like Kobe. Like, you can't watch him because, you know, my dad just didn't like it. And yeah. I, it was like, nah. Because if you was a Jordan fan, you saw that this guy was a Xerox copy of Jordan. Exactly. And it's like, yo, don't don't come over here telling me how great the black and white is when I got when I had the color version. Yeah. Right? Like that, that's how it was with guys our age. And so my dad was like, nah, you, you know, that. But my dad called me and he said... I can't imagine being in his situation. What I tell you or your sister, ten seconds before, I know this is y'all final time talking. Yes, and doing it. And I just remember he said, for that, my dad was like, that tore me up. It did. Thinking. And I was just like, he was like, I was like, well, I don't understand it because I don't have a kid. Yeah. But just to hear that fear in my dad's voice to say, hey, I don't know what I would. T-. He's like, I don't have nothing in my head right now that I would tell you to make you feel like, oh, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. And he was like, for that. I feel as helpless as probably he felt. Yep. And that, you know, it did something for my dad. Um, one person who uh who wasn't sad. Oprah and Gail, man. They they've been on one for, for the last decade now, man. They and, and I and I've had some major gosh, social media battles over this, surprisingly. Yeah. And so this is my problem. Okay. <laughs> you can always say what you want to say. There's always going to be somebody that's going to counter what you say. You can't you can't get upset mm-hmm. when someone counter what you say. We we True. said, hey, this is the this is the off season, so we said these are going to be the off topics or <laughs> off the records, right? <laughs> if, if someone disagrees and they go in and they they snippet an audio clip of this and then they play it around the internet, I can't get mad, nah. and say you you took me, <laughs> you played me, <laughs> you you took me out of context. How could you? How how could you? Like no, you, you you're not allowed to do that. And that was my problem with with Gail, and okay. you know, and I had you know you know a professor you know hit me up and was like, "Did you even listen to the whole clip?" And I was like, "Well, no, but you know, I mean, you okay, you're you're a subject matter expert, so I'm gonna go watch the whole clip, and then I watch the whole clip, and I have the same opinion." Yeah. And Gail asked Lisa Leslie, you know, she she asked her, was like, "Do you think this will affect this legacy?" And Lisa was like, "Pretty much no." Yeah. Paraphrasing a lot here. Yeah. And then Gail went on to say. Well, do you do you think that your view was skewed because you was his friend, right? Which is like well, I'm digging. I'm digging. I mean, I don't believe your answer. Your answer, I don't. I, I'm not taking that answer, right? And, and that and that was the problem with Gail. Well, shout out to Lisa because you saw her response. I got to give her some handcuffs, man. man Lisa her, nailed it. Yeah, she said y'all had time before. Yeah, the time is not now. You had if you was big and bad to ask these dumbass questions. You had time. Yes. A couple months ago, a couple years ago, yes. a decade ago. Well, you, you know, and the perfect time would have, would have been for that if you wanted to take a shot at Kobe. Yeah. Perfect time for that would have been in 2013. He was he was getting old. He yeah. was retiring from the NBA, and he was starting a venture capital firm, Absolutely. which was investing in very pro-women business like Absolutely. the Honest Company, right? So that was, see guys, we didn't get away from business. Y'all thought we were just going to be <laughs> pop culture. No, we, we know our business we over know here. We, talking about. we know what we're talking about. <laughs> And that was an opportunity for everyone to mm-hmm. step up, right? Especially running right into the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. The fact that that didn't happen means that no matter what happened in that early 2000s, means there's a good chance he he was a different person. Absolutely. Whether you believe, you know, whatever happened or didn't happen, what was that, 2003, three six? I can't remember. It had to be, nah, because Shaq was still there, right? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, whatever Shaq it was. Shaq wasn't there no Yeah, time. whatever it was, <laughs> if you believe that to be true, for you not to mention in 2013 when he started his venture capital firm, absolutely, or with Oscar, and he's he's invested <laughs> in the Honest Company, which is one of the top brands out there. Mm-hmm. I believe that's Jessica Alba brand, isn't it? 
Maybe. I think so. I, th- I want to say that that's Jessica Alba brand. For you not to touch base then, and then with all the work that he's doing with the WNBA, you know, for you never to 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 approach it then and to approach it now, it means that you're you're actually you're you were shooting for ratings. Yeah, you were. You were shooting for ratings, and guess what? Yeah, the honest company founded by Jessica Alba. And you know what? You got your ratings. Yeah, and I'm not even mad when Gail was like, you know, Gail was smart. She tried to blame it on the network. Yeah, but yeah. the network was doing what the network does. Yes, they don't care about you. They don't exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, hey, hey we, like I said, we, we quote the, the great philosopher all the time here, right? Until you own your own, you can't be free. Hey, right? If you own, if somebody else owns your story, they're gonna tell that story however they, the hell they want to tell. They did it. their job. They um, did exactly what they wanted. Before to we do. get up out of this part of it, what's your feelings on Snoop? I feel like Snoop uh, went out of line. You know what? I mean, I can't even say he went out of line because at the end of the day, what do we know Snoop for? Being a gangster hip hop artist. Okay, so what would you expect a ganker, <laughs> a gangster hip hop artist to say? Like, I, I wouldn't expect him to come on air and, and speak as if he's Dr. Boyce Watkins or true. Dr. Dyson. Like, right? I wasn't expecting that. Snoop gave me what I expected from Snoop. <laughs> and at the end of it, I wouldn't even like. Damn, that was too much. I was just like, That's sort of good. what I expect from a guy who created Jim and Juice and Doggy Style. Hey, man. Shout out to that <laughs> album, man. Too Great. young for me, but That's like the greatest album of all. It's probably my favorite rap album, man, behind ATA Aliens. Like, yeah. if, it, like, if you had to give me two albums to listen to That's for the rest of my life, it will be Doggy Style and ATA Aliens, man. I, I could probably live off of those two. So, let's go to a part. Um, you brought up something, the NBA, and we're going to get to it right quick. Uh, you said Kobe fans wilding out because they want the NBA to change their logo. You wrote that in our group chat. Yeah, yeah. So, I, me as a Kobe fan, I never wanted. To, I didn't believe the logo was going to be changed. Yeah, and they have not. That ain't what we got to talk about. I want to talk about this whole fact of the logo can't be changed because it's quote unquote not <laughs> designed after a player. Yeah, <laughs> which brings me to. And they may get by on that, and the guy who they designed it after never sued them, so yeah. they're never going to change the logo. Exactly. So, <laughs> what? What? What is your feelings on that? Because it's not Jerry West, allegedly. Right? <laughs> yeah, allegedly. So, which I laughed at because for people yeah. who don't know, the NBA couldn't change the logo to Kobe. They never going to change it to any player because then you got to pay out money to mm-hmm. that family every time that logo is shown. And exactly. the NBA is not about to do that. That's yeah, stupid. no, they're never going to do that. They they was able to get by on the Jerry West, um, not being Jerry West <laughs> logo, and that is never going to change. It's never going to change. Funny enough, um, last thing, who you if you could have anybody do Kobe's uh, Hall of Fame speech, who would it be? It would be his wife. It'd be Vanessa. Like if, if she could, if if she could make it through. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows. Kobe was a, like an introvert for, for, for what we understand as a player. Mm-hmm. And when I look at him and his wife's marriage, and guys, oh man, season two, we're going to talk about relationships, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. a whole lot more. This isn't season two. This is the off season. It's the off season. <laughs> <laughs> but season two, we're going to focus on. And when I look at when I look at what he became as a man, I'm not even talking about the basketball player. Yeah. I'm talking about Kobe the dad, Bryant style with Kobe Bryant, you yeah. know, producer Kobe Bryant. You could tell that him and Vanessa fell back in love. 
Absolutely. And that to me was so amazing. It's so yeah. beautiful to see, right? Like it is it's what it's what I wish for, right? Yeah. right? Not not and not even so much to fall back into love. It's just that you understand the ebbs and flows of relationships. Yeah. And when when you see a couple that met at a very, very young age, they met Super as teenagers young. basically. Yeah. And they was able to withstand Hollywood, right? Bro, living in it. <laughs> living in it, right? They were able to withstand Hollywood. And we know that that caused a lot of friction early on because I mean, there were stories early on. Absolutely. But for him, for them to make it through everything in the beginning, like having that kind of woman beside you yeah, and then falling back in love with her, you know, 10 years later, is how you are able to build Bryant Stiebel that has $2 billion under cap. Yeah. You know, and investing in the companies like Tile, The Honest Company, um, LegalZoom, like these are all companies mm-hmm. on their portfolio. So I will, I will, I will, I would love because I think she could provide us an insight into Kobe that we never saw. Yeah, like Kobe the man. Like we know Kobe the basketball player on court. Yeah, but we don't know Kobe the man. And if she could make it through a Hall of Fame speech, I would love to listen to her, man. Hopefully, um, I know the NBA has rules on who can speak. Um, I think all Hall of Fame speakers do have to be in like a coach or a player before. Um. Who presents the person yeah. before they do their own speech? But hopefully they say, "Hey, we'll let her do his part his speech, of speech yes. and somebody else come in." Yes. Um, I never even thought about it like that because you know that was a controversy last year when AI wanted Stephen A. Smith to do his. Yeah. According to Stephen A. Smith, by the way, let's just throw that. <laughs> well, out I, mean, there. I can see that. I mean, he played I can it Philly. I, I can see it. I so it would be it. interesting to see, man. Um, if it was up to me, I would literally hope that I. If it was up to me. I wish LeBron could write for Michael, but we have to use Magic's voice <laughs> because I don't. Want Le- LeBron is like the he's like the perfect poster boy for this to happen. Yeah. I feel like that's just so cliche. Um, Michael really loved Kobe, and I think that was like a special relationship that yeah. we never really got to dive into. Yes, um, but Magic just Magic makes everything about himself, but he's so. Like, he's, he's, he's a magic. very good speaker, man. He's yeah, a very he's, he's charismatic, bro. He he's very magic. charismatic. It's a reason why we don't call him by his real name. Yeah, right? we don't even we don't even know Irvin. Like <laughs> Irvin, who is that? Irvin, yeah, no, Irvin. <laughs> like, tell him to go away. No, Magic. Oh, Magic. Yeah, tell him to come in. <laughs> like Magic is just an amazing person, and you feel that emotion. And then for the simple fact that we've known their relationship since Kobe got in the league, yeah, we've seen it grow. So you know, I I would love for his wife to do it, but Jordan yeah. Jordan would be great. Yeah, I mean, he really would be. If, yeah, if Jordan, if Jordan could be charismatic for like two minutes, that, two minutes. that would be great. Yeah, um, so it'd be interesting. You know, LeBron, LeBron would be great though. LeBron would be man, and you know what? The last thing before we go to his uh to the business part of it, you know, you was talking about his relationship with his wife. Most people don't know he got the helicopter because he told his wife he wanted to be able to pick his kids up from school. Yeah, instead of and, he, and to get to practice. And another thing is, you know, um. It came out about how close him and Kawhi was, and that Kawhi was actually using his helicopter from time to time to get to practice and back home too because they stayed near each other. So it's interesting, man. RP here, but um, RP to the families, to all the victims, to all the victims' families, yeah. man. Um, just keep your family and, and friends close, man. Yeah, you I know, mean, yeah. It's, that's an important thing. It, it, re- but it really is. It really I do is. have, for the final topic of the day. I do have a question. What now happens? Let's talk about his business and what happens yeah. next. Because that's something important. Because he
he was going. I don't think people know after basketball he was about to do something special. He was, he was doing things. Yeah, special. you know what? It, it actually it actually opened my eyes to try to you know maybe um, write more for people to understand like what uh, what some athletes do post sports. Yeah, because we we only look at them. As athletes, right? Absolutely. We look at them as gladiators, and some of these guys, that's all they are. Yeah, you know, like if you read the Players Tribune all the time, you 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 read it from ex-athletes that were just gladiators. Yeah, and now that they can no longer, you know, participate, mm-hmm. they don't really have anything left. Yeah, you know, sometimes even the money is gone. Absolutely, you know. So <clears throat> when you see the guys such as the Kobe's, the Lebrons, um, Magic, the Magic, Bridgewater, Jamal Mashburn. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the list is extensive. It's not as yeah. short a list as we think it is. Sometimes we need to discuss these stories more, right? Yeah. Like Kobe Bryant made a $6 million investment in the body armor um, sports rate. Yeah. Not something I'm familiar with, but they sold that company to Coca-Cola, and mm-hmm. that $6 million became a $200 million, $200 million payout. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if he collected that as of yet. You know, because I mean, he's rich, so it's probably a ton of tax implications, yeah. right? So he probably didn't take, you know, he, the deal's probably signed in 2018. The payout maybe came in maybe 2019. Yeah. And he was probably going to be paid, you know, 2020, so, 2021. Exactly. You know, but, you know, Kobe, when he, when he, upon his death, he was worth somewhere between the neighborhood of five to 700 million, depending exactly. on what you look at that. Yeah. That may or may not include body armor. Absolutely. Right. And that's just, that's one exit from a company. And, Man, it just it goes back into this guys. You have to own it. Yeah. You have to fucking own it. If yeah. you do not own it, you're not gonna receive the full payout. You just Absolutely not. not. You were talking about Mace earlier, right? Yep. He's not he's not getting the full payout. <laughs> Why? He's not getting that. See, don't own it. <laughs> you, don't. <laughs> you gotta own it, man. Shout out to Harlem World, man. <laughs> um great podcast, man. Yeah, man. This this is uh off t- Hey, you guys get to pick. Do y'all want this to be called off topic or off the record or the off season? It's up to y'all. Yeah, we should put a poll on Facebook. We need to make a list so we actually get this done. Because <laughs> we be having so much going on. Um, tell the people what's coming up next for you. Uh, well, we're just working on the pod right now. The pod is going to you know, be there. We're, gonna, we're working on 40 preneurs. So all you entrepreneurs out there between the ages of 35 and 50, 40 preneurs is for you. So basically where we discuss you, know, you guys' businesses and the struggles you had, your successes, your failures. And we just build a community of, of like-minded individuals to kind of understand what it's like in this business world to, you know, succeed and to prepare yourself, in, you know, into the future. So that's that's the that's the only thing that's really on the shelf right now. We got a lot of things we're working on behind the scenes. Yeah. Those things we cannot discuss on air, Amen. but they are coming. Y'all the feds, man. We got to watch they out. They are for coming. You. They are coming. Um, shout out to everybody who's listening. Shout out if you made it to this part. Uh, this podcast is dedicated to you. Shout out to everybody that's our first and last time listeners. Shout out to all of the people that communicate on our Facebook. Shout out to everybody that be coming at Mike on his Facebook statuses, man. Please keep it up. I love the laugh. He be going in. Y'all don't be. Y'all don't fall for. You know what? Mike's really a nice guy in person, man. I really am. I really am. I'm a, but I'm like that meme I post by David Chappelle. These are all jokes. Hey, but I don't play. Hey, <laughs> we'll holler at y'all next time. Holler at your boy.